Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. Now let's continue our discussion of how to have a good fight. Unhappy couples turn every spat into a slippery slope of one unkind word that leads to another. For example, he says, Well, I guess my mistake was looking forward to a nice dinner. And she says, Well, if you came home on time, you might have gotten one. You care more about your job than me. And he replies, Somebody's got to make a living. And she replies, It wouldn't be you if I hadn't worked like a dog to put you through school. Now, this kind of runaway venting is one of the strongest predictors of divorce. These couples veer off into heated, unproductive fighting over tangential or old, unresolved issues. They resolve nothing, and negative feelings rage. This is a big reason why you should have a regularly scheduled daily or weekly listening time so little things don't get buried and then build to big ones. In stable marriages, the other partner won't always retaliate when unfairly provoked. Instead, they find ways to diffuse the tension. Our previous conversation could have sounded like this. He says, I was really looking forward to a decent meal. And she replies, Your hours are so unpredictable, I can't plan one. He responds, There's no choice. I'm under a lot of pressure at work. And she says, Well, for tonight, should we just order pizza? The parrots say that it's not how you get into arguments, but how you exit them. If you dwell on downers, you will eventually sink. Now let's face it, all is not fair in love and war. Clean and constructive fighting is better than down and dirty fighting, that's for sure. And though we are bound to slip, try to follow the rules that we've been discussing. This will help you fight a good fight. You know, one of the things we didn't talk about was triggers. We all have triggers that cause us to react and do and say things we haven't thought of yet. And when we're in the middle of a highly emotional situation, we're not capable of being reflective and rational. After a time of heated fellowship, take a few moments and see if you can isolate the trigger that caused you to respond. In all likelihood, you won't be able to change the trigger but you may be able to change the environment that caused the trigger to rear its ugly head. And if you can change the environment, then the trigger will appear less frequently. And I've found this to be a very valuable exercise in coaching couples. Some couples strain to duplicate each other in order to cover up their differences. Newlyweds, for example, often force an unrealistic similarity upon their tastes, opinions, priorities, and habits. They do so with the best of intentions, but their sameness is no more real than Adam and Eve's when they covered their differences with fig leaves. God created each person to be different, and to deny that uniqueness leads only to pretense, not partnership. It's not unusual to hear someone say, well, we have a 50-50 marriage, half and half. They say sharing the load even Stephen is a much better way to create oneness. 
But what happens if your halves don't always fit together? A 50-50 marriage only works if each partner is a fraction. But we aren't. Each of us is a whole person. We don't subtract something from ourselves when we get married. We remain whole and want to be loved as a whole, not cut to fit together. Some couples try to build a marriage on the 50-50 principle, taking turns deciding this and that, splitting resources, weighing portions, counting privileges, and keeping score. But as the parrots say, there isn't a 50-50 couple who doesn't feel that taking turns is cheating them out of their presumed rights. Often, the more strong-willed partner, consciously or unconsciously, wields the knife that divides the halves, and one half becomes more equal than the other. So how do a man and woman become one in marriage? How do a man and a woman become soulmates? Well, the answer is found exactly where you might suspect, deep in the soul. Scientific research has backed up what common sense has been telling us for years, mainly that tending to the spiritual dimension of marriage is what unites couples in unbreakable bonds. Marriage thrives when its soul is nourished. On February 12, 1944, 13-year-old Anne Frank wrote the following words in her now-famous diary. Today the sun is shining. The sky is a deep blue. There is a lovely breeze, and I am longing, so longing for everything. To talk, for freedom, for friends, to be alone. And I do so long to cry. I feel as if I'm going to burst, and I know that it would get better with crying, but I can't. I'm restless. I go from room to room, breathe through the crack of a closed window, feel my heart beating as if it is saying, Can't you satisfy my longing at last? I believe that it is spring within me. I feel that spring is awakening. I feel it is my whole body and soul. It is an effort to behave normally, and I feel utterly confused. I don't know what to read, what to write, what to do. I only know that I am longing. You know, there is in each of us, at the very center of our lives, a tension, an aching, a burning in the heart that is deep and insatiable. Most often it is a longing without a clear name or focus, an aching that cannot be clearly pinpointed or described. Like Anne Frank, we only know that we are restless, aching deep within our soul. Well, the parrots tell us that most people expect marriage to quench their soulful longing, and it often does for a time. But for many, the deep, restless aching echoes again. Let's look in on one of the couples that the parrots have worked with. Ryan and Ashley. They did everything they could to stack the odds in their favor for a strong marriage. They went through premarital counseling, adjusted faulty expectations, learned how to communicate effectively, practiced conflict resolution, and so on. They read books about marriage, attended seminars, and even had an older couple that agreed to mentor them during their first married year. Ryan and Ashley took marriage seriously 
and their efforts were paying off, at least for the time being. They were now in their tenth year of marriage and, from all appearances, doing well. But in spite of all their effort, something was missing. We are very much in love, Ashley said, but sometimes it feels like we are just going through the motions. Yeah, said Ryan, we are definitely in love, but sometimes the relationship feels, uh, I don't know, empty, I guess, like there should be a deeper connection. In many respects, Ryan and Ashley were a model couple. They did all the things healthy couples do. They were psychologically astute, emotionally balanced, and kept their relationship in working order. But their hearts continued to be restless, longing for something more, something deeper. Ryan and Ashley, knowingly or not, were yearning to be soulmates. What Ryan and Ashley still needed to learn was that there is more to a thriving marriage than good communication, conflict resolution, and positive attitudes. While each of these tools is critically important for a lasting and meaningful relationship, they are not sufficient. Marriage is not a machine that needs routine maintenance to keep it functioning, but a supernatural event founded upon a mutual exchange of holy pledges. Above all, marriage is a deep, mysterious, and unfathomable endeavor. Even happily married couples like Ryan and Ashley eventually discover an innate longing to bond with their lover, not just for comfort and not just for passion, but also for meaning. Our lives go on day after day. They may be successful or unsuccessful, full of pleasure or full of worry. But do they mean anything? Only our soul can answer. For married couples, spiritual meaning should be a shared pursuit. While every individual must come to an understanding of life's meaning alone, couples must also discover the meaning of their marriage together. You are not just husband and wife. You have given birth to a marriage that is very much like a living being, born from you both. And especially for you newlyweds, the soul of your new marriage needs nourishment. Sharing life's ultimate meaning with another person is the spiritual call of soulmates, and every couple must answer that call or risk a stunted, underdeveloped marriage. Like yeast in a loaf of bread, spirituality will ultimately determine whether your marriage rises successfully or falls disappointingly flat. Oh, you may stay married but your marriage will not have the depth and unity that are a part of God's design. The spiritual dimension of marriage is a practical source of food for marital growth and health. No single factor does more to cultivate oneness and a meaningful sense of purpose in marriage than a shared commitment to spiritual discovery. It is the ultimate hunger of our souls. The divorce statistics within the church say that we need more than just a commitment to spiritual growth and spiritual oneness in order to have successful marriages. The skills developed through mutual understanding, along with the commitment to spiritual growth and sharing life meaning, is the winning formula. Marriage, when it is healthy, has a mystical way of revealing God. 
a way of bringing a smiling peace to our restless hearts. Well, our time is gone for today, and as I close, I want to encourage you during this Advent season to attend one of the many Bible-believing and teaching churches here in the Treasure Valley. If you don't have a home church, we'd love to have you visit us. Our services at Cloverdale Church of God are at 9.30 and 11 a.m., and we're located at 3755 South Cloverdale Road. That's between Victory and Amity. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.